Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, party people, it's Jaime. Producing our podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, is one of the most rewarding and fulfilling projects of my life. I can't believe I get to meet and talk to some of the most successful and influential creative directors from around the world. I'm thrilled by all the support and encouragement I receive from listeners everywhere. Now, as a fan of the show, I invite you to join my Patreon and become a supporter of the show. You'll help me cover the editing, hosting services, and maybe the occasional tequila soda for yours truly. If you've derived real-world value from my conversations with the world's best creatives, this is your way to help keep it going. Visit my Patreon and sign up to become a supporter today. You'll get access to additional content from the show and maybe even a few surprises. I'm looking forward to many more episodes, and I hope you'll come along for the ride with me. Visit patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director to become a supporter today. That's patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by What's the Big Idea? An indispensable guide to becoming a kick-ass creative director. By yours truly, Jaime Cabrera. Pick it up on Amazon and now available on Audible. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast Confessions of a Creative Director, the original podcast made by a creative director for creative directors, for aspiring creative directors, for creatives of all types looking to up their game by learning from the world's best. This is your podcast, and I am your host, Jaime Cabrera. On today's episode, I'm thrilled to have an in depth chat with Mark DePace. Chief Creative Officer and Zach Mortensen, the CEO of Ghost Robot. This innovative studio is a one-stop creative powerhouse for top-tier clients like Netflix, Google, Peloton, Away, and Airbnb, just to name a few. Ghost Robot stands out as a channel-agnostic creative hub, adept at tackling complex marketing challenges with a diverse array of solutions from video games and apps to comic books, card games, and even podcasts. These are the guys that you call when you're like, who the heck can get this done? Today, we're getting an insider's look at how Mark and Zach balance their roles, perfectly meshing the creative and business sides of their company. They're here to share their insights on building a successful collaborative environment in the fast-paced world of running a creative business. So without further ado, let's get into it with... Mark DePace and Zach Mortensen, welcome to Confessions of a Creative Director. How are you guys? Good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I thank you guys Doing for making great. the time. I appreciate that you guys wore the appropriate uh, outfit so that I can, so I can, it's a lot easier for me to tell who is the business side of the house and who is the creative side of the house. You guys are wearing the uh, the uh, appropriate uniform. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it is it is it is interesting brand, to see. On yeah, brand, it's on you know, brand, right? Like <laughs> I can quickly tell. Yeah. Well, then, you know, we we both wear a lot of different hats. Uh, clearly, I wear more than Zach does, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, we both 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 wear have both sides of those brains, the production side and the creative side. So, yeah, um, yeah, we, we avoided titles for many, many years for that reason until, uh, you know, some folks that we trust recently said, Hey, you guys gotta, gotta give yourselves real titles. Nah. Well, that's, that's cool. But I'm, I'm excited to jump into, uh, all of that because that's definitely the topic that we're going to, we're going to cover is that sort of, you know, the, the yin and yang and how do the both sides of, of the, uh, 
of the brain can work together, right? The, the business account side and the creative side. But first, I got to tell you, I, I'm awarding you, this is the, the official uh, Confessions of a Creative Director Award for Best uh, creative shop name, Ghost Robot. It's it's so evocative. It it says so much. Um, you know, I'd love for you to tell me later where how you guys came up with that. But the way that you describe Ghost Robot is you are a creative studio of the future. We work with a global community of artistic talent to create content for forward thinking clients. So, kind of unpack that for us, if if you would, and just kind of tell us what that means because. Uh, you know, in looking at your website, A, I, I love it because um, you have all kinds of different clients, and B, you're just doing so many different types of work, so many, so much different output, right? So you're sort of an agnostic, channel agnostic, uh, creative studio, right, that says, all right, well, what's the business challenge, and let's figure out how to solve it. It could be content. It could be, you know, some other form of, of uh, marketing or advertising, so just kind of unpack how you guys see yourselves. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, um, describing what you do is the hardest, hardest, uh, brief you can give any business owner or creative. Um, and we sort of landed on this creative studio of the future after recognizing that, you know, for almost, you know, 20 years, we've consistently been, you know, a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of, where the industry is going um and you know just our mentality when we you know tackle projects is you know we're, we we always say you know how can we do this a little bit differently we don't want to do the same thing twice you know what's something innovative um and you know that just constantly keeps things different um so we get we get bored very very easily um, yeah so uh you know that's our um, you know, yeah. And like you said, like how to, you know, maybe this is a video, maybe this is a podcast, maybe this is a graphic novel, maybe this is a card game, uh, a pop-up experience. You know, there's a lot of different ways to tell stories and, you know, we want to use our experience and our infrastructure to, uh, to do it all. Zach, how did you, how did you guys, how did you and Mark meet or how did you guys come together, uh, and eventually sort of create this, this agency in the future? Give us a little background on that. Yeah, you know, Mark and I both came out of the independent film world. So we're both in the indie film world in 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 New York. I'm a little bit older than Mark, so I was doing it a different little bit different time, but we found ourselves working together on lots of different projects um at the time. And you know, I think indie films are exciting and they're fun, but by their nature, you don't really get a lot of fun tools to play with. You know, you're trying to crank out eight pages a day, you know, it's like setup, 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 and you know, sitting on set going to you know location scouting sitting in the mm -hmm. sitting at, at lunch being you know talking with mark we're like man it would be you know all of these same tools all the same skill set we'd really like to be exploring things visually differently and i think that sort of to us you know and during those conversations kind of pointed towards short form work and and so we looked at it and Mark had been doing a lot of work in music videos at the time while I was doing a lot of work in, in feature films at the time. And so we said, you know, we, we said, let's, let's, let's pull it together and, and focus on how we can, how we can go after more of that short form work and hopefully use that as a launching board to really explore visually and more creative, visually creative projects. So in the earliest days, that was millions of music videos, always with an eye towards advertising and marketing. So kind of a natural evolution there but the sort of seed was how do we how do we harness more exciting you know tools for storytelling and that's what sort of led us led us together that's awesome and and if you could just expand a little on the name because when i when i saw the name in in my mind and i wonder if this was early on it was almost like this this indication that you could sort of be behind the scenes right and 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 a robot in the sense that you could do anything right and you're, you're sort of super powerful and you could do anything is that sort of yeah. where the name came uh, it's from definitely, it's how? definitely got a bit of the you know the soul of the machine or the ghost in the in the mechanics ah. but you know in the in the um and, and we've always been very conscious not to call it films or entertainment or something like that we didn't want to limit ourselves right from the get-go so it was really about creating this brand for storytelling that could that that could be the Swiss Army knife but 
we were we were producing a music video for the band Zero Seven at the time, and it was about a little lonely gardener robot who is traveling through infinite space and slowly comes to realize that all the humans on the spaceship are gone, and the robot is constantly cooking meals and throwing them away, and uh, and and has sort of a, a, an epiphany and turns himself off. So at the time we were making this video about a robot and it was a very existential robot. And so the name kind of came together and, and, uh, and, and worked out really well to, uh, to apply to that. And we, we thought it was cool. And I'm just a huge sci-fi fan. Yeah. So. No, it's <laughs> I wanted something it's that very... reflected my interests as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, it's but very yeah, evocative. that's where it I came love, from. I love it. I really, I know we'll have to track down that video and then post a link to it. Yeah. It, and it, and the, the video itself was the first music video ever to use the machinima. So we were, we were working with video game engines to wow. generate, um, to generate the animation. So and working closely with the software company for the Quake 3 Arena game engine to generate all the, all the story assets and then bring them into a more traditional edit. So won a number of awards early, early on. And it was kind of the first kind of commercial application of machinima in, uh, back in the day. Wow, that's that's very cool. So you know, again, I love sort of the the ethos of of the company. I imagine that it's hard to um, that it's sometimes hard to sell or sometimes hard to communicate, right? Because what I've what I've noticed is a lot of clients want very you know very definitive a very definitive idea of what each agency is going to do, right? This is the digital agency. This is the experiential agency. This is the advertising agency. So I'm just curious, you know, how do you, how do you communicate that, that, Hey, listen, we're, we solve, you know, business problems with creativity. Like how do you communicate that in a way that, you know, because you're working with some, some pretty amazing brands. So how do you communicate that? You know, cause I, I imagine yeah. that can be a hurdle. It is. It is. And like I said, it's always a challenge, you know, just describing what you do is, is not easy. And I think it's a, uh, instinct that most creatives have to try and avoid that as much as possible. Um, you know, I think we're lucky enough at this point that we have a body of work and a breadth of work that, Mm. um, is really varied, but also feels very cohesive. Um, and that's been really important for us. Um, especially these past, you know, five, six years is really honing in on the ghost robot brand and being able to identify what a ghost robot project is. And there is that element of exploration. There's that element of sort of, you know, uh, exuberance or reverence, you know, it's colorful, it's upbeat, it touches culture in a, a really specific way. Um, and, you know, we've been confident that if we just continue tackling projects that, you know, reflect who we are creatively, that somehow that does come through. Um, but you are right. You know, I mean, we've always looked at, you know, ambiguity as, uh, as an opportunity. I think a lot of people are sort of, you know, um, averse to it or get scared of it. Um, but, you know, we want those projects, uh, where people are like, Hey, we don't really know what we want to do um, and don't know how to do it, but like, you know, we know we want it to be kind of cool or reach this audience and, you know, that might scare other companies. But for us that, again, that's been the opportunity for us to expand and try new things. And, um, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, do things that we're not really qualified to do. So um, (laughs) it's, uh, and sometimes it's also a, a just a part of the conversation with your with your with your partners and saying you know the client and saying hey who's doing this part of it you know is that you know where how are you guys tackling that so, you know if we if we find that there's a larger scope or a larger scale being able to say you know we can be a resource you know i know you came to us for x but we also could can tackle y and z yeah we, we actually have in our um we have in our capabilities, uh, one of our capabilities is, is unusual requests. So, you know, we're, we're like, you know, constantly like telegraphing that being like, Hey, if you don't know who to call, like we want to be those people. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that's, that's afforded us a lot of opportunities to do, do some really, uh, really different things. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I marked, I marked a couple of those sections there and, amb- amb- you know, opportunities in the ambiguity is just, you know, that's, that's very, uh, that's brilliant. I love that. Um, so, you know, I, I started off the, the show by making a joke, right, about the, how 
we are perceived in our different roles, right? And, and I was talking about the the uniforms and whatnot. But there is a difference, right? There is a there is a difference in in the way that maybe the account side or the business side looks at something, uh, and the way that the creative side uh, looks at something. But there are a lot of things, you know, if you're looking at a Venn diagram, right? There's a lot of things that that the two sides share, right? And I used to do a, a presentation, an internal presentation called. Um, creatives are lazy and account people don't do anything all day and other and other misconceptions <laughs> about about the, our roles right because that's kind of the you know in the standard agency that's always been the sort of the you know the, the perception but there's a lot more in common I think so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I, I think you guys have sort of cracked that code but you know what what is it that you think has allowed you guys to sort of bridge that um, you know, bridge that gap of understanding. You know, what is it about it? Is is it process related? Is it you know? Is it just a kind of a common understanding of of who you are, or the goals, or tell us how you sort of managed to to bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely like all about process and procedures. Like Zach said, we both came from that independent film world where you know you're you're generating you know tons of documents every single day, everything needs to stay very organized. Um, you know, it's sort of a, you know, competition, you know, who can make the most beautiful pre-production book. And, you know, both of us just really had this affinity for, you know, that, that, you know, paperwork and organization of information. And, you know, even when it was just the, the two of us, you know, really making, making our processes and our procedures, you know, really specific about how we do things, um, you know, and then as we grow and, and, and bring on more staff members, you know, some people can't embrace that or see the value in it. Um, but, you know, we always sort of said like, you know, if you got, if you got hit by a bus, somebody has got to, you know, pick up your, your job tomorrow and know where you were and what you were doing and be able to like, take it from there. Um, so, you know, just, just having that, um, desire to have everything be, you know, I don't want to say regimented or strict, um, but, you know, easy to follow as, has always been there, you know, so this like idea that systems create freedom. And if, yeah. you know, you have a system in place where you know how you approach a problem or approach a task, then it gives you the, the opportunity to explore and think and have the, the, um, you know, flexibility to, you know, actually do the creative work. And, and, yeah. and that's the foundation and that becomes the foundation and the springboard from which the creative work and the storytelling and the marketing derives, you know, if that, if that's a stable foundation and that's a foundation that we've built together across the creative and the account side, then, then, you know, there's a lot more opportunity to explore the gives the creatives less, less, you know, more freedom to continue to explore and, and make it happen and understanding, you know, what, what that foundation and what those, um, the, you know, organization can be. Yeah. And, and Mark, you know, what, what you were saying, right. In, in some ways, is unusual not unusual but i i would say it's rare right at least in my experience for the creatives to be think to be that buttoned up but i, I feel like i i think that you hit the nail on the head right it's like you have to commit things to paper you have to leave you know uh you have to have a plan like you said if you get hit by a bus who's how are you going to pick this up right so I think that that in it, it is probably a little bit rare because you know you, you often the stereotype right of the of the creatives sort of having their feet up on the on the desk just sort of waxing poetic and hoping that somebody else is taking notes right it's like you know I have a big idea right mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to be the type of creative that is prepared you know similar to you that has you know their shit together that has committed stuff to paper because that that kind of stuff drives me nuts right just the that that stereotypical idea of the you know of the of the you know godlike creative director that just sort of spouts yeah. out genius and somebody else is expected to follow or follow them around with a notepad you know yeah yeah i mean i've always said you know an, an idea doesn't exist unless you write it down you know that's the first step in pretty much any process and and i think what you're really doing is is you know taking that question you know what do i do next out of the equation and and if you can answer that for people you know it makes tasks, whether they're, you know, creative or logistical, you know, a lot less daunting, you know, it's like, okay, I, I, instead of focusing on this big, huge problem, I'm really just focusing on this one little 
portion of it and you know that makes i can see the see the finish line and you know i'm not just sort of you know sort of uh like you know paralyzed by you know the endless possibilities that are out there which right can be very very daunting yeah zach how did how do you think that this that kind of this kind of ethos or this kind of you know attention to detail and sort of planning and, and being prepared where do you where do you think that that comes from I mean, you know, I think first and foremost, Mark and I are both makers, you know, like we make things, you know, that like, that's how the company was built was we rolled up our sleeves and dug in and started doing crazy shit with cameras and art departments. And, you know, and so I think, you know, to, to follow up on Mark's point, like what's next is always the, like, when the glue dries, what do we do with this? <laughs> you know? And so I think that, 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 you know, you have to apply when there's a, when there's a huge budget behind it, you have to apply the same kind of thinking and the same sort of approach and understanding the process. But, you know, but it's, it's, it's really born out of, out of, um, our desire to, to, to really make stuff and, and in making stuff, you know, you're kind of writing the, you're kind of writing the rule book or the, or the, um, or the, you know, the manual as you go. And that's, a budget and a product pre-production book and a call sheet. It's also storyboards and a creative brief and you name it. They all kind of come together, but it is the constant making. And that goes from making it from like, like Mark said, the first idea that gets written down to the first iteration of a, of a art director putting, pulling it together to the copywriter starting to throw some words down to, you know, once then you're like, are this stills? Is this motion? Is this a web, you know, exploration? You know, is this an experiential thing? Are we going to go get to build out a, a, a space and paint it? Awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know, and there, and as we're going, we're, we're building that manual and the, and the how to, you know, the, the 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 book and the rules and I think that's all part and parcel and it's about you know if you've if you've made a model you need that rule book <laughs> you need yeah. the, you need the manual and the instruction set and we're building those instruction sets as we go you know yeah so it's really that kind of like that production that maker sort of uh, mentality right that is kind of kind of you know the shape that the whole the agency as a whole and the way that the agency operates sounds like yeah. Well, here oh, comes somebody's, the, somebody's, somebody's making, making something. something right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They're coming through the walls. I love that. You know, you could, we couldn't have scripted that any better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, Zach said, you know, starting in independent films and, you know, being on these really small sets and, you know, doing everything from, you know, driving a truck to, you know, uh, hanging a wall to you know setting up lights yourself i think you know really both empowered both of us to say you know hey if we can do this we can make anything um and that's sort of always been our attitude where hey if you can figure out how to produce an independent film you can you know pretty much do anything pretty much any other challenge you know, there's so many different elements involved that you kind of touch everything right so i understand that both of you i, I believe both of you and uh, doing my research are also also teach is that is that uh, is that accurate? Tell us about that. I'll, I'll let you guys decide who goes first. But how did that come about? Yeah. And you know, was it was it driven um, you know from a from a place of like wanting to give back, or was it a way to kind of even understand your own uh, way of thinking and your own process, right? And, and also maybe as a yeah. way to you know educate your your team members. Mm -hmm. While, while Mark goes and, and solves <laughs> while the While Mark uh, goes, camera. yeah. You know, it was it was really, you know, Mark, Mark had started, and, and it, is, it is about giving back. We've always, like, foundationally, Ghost Robot, out of both necessity and, and desire, have always worked with up-and-coming teams. Um, and a lot of working with up-and-coming teams and new talent is sort, of, is sort of teaching. So it was a natural extension when the opportunity, you know, we both taught at NYU and Mark has taught a couple other um, uh, institutions. When those opportunities present themselves, it's like, hey, yes, let's do that. Yes, it is about giving back. It also, you know, what, what we uncovered and found while doing is it, is it really makes you think about your own processes, you know, as soon as you have to sit down and explain what you do, um, you know, 
naturally or, or, you know, instinctually and say, this is the, this is how you do it and why you do it. All of a sudden you're really, there's a lot of reflection on the process. There's a lot of reflection on, on what you're thinking about the process and how you're going about things and what's inherent to you creatively. And what is the, the, you know, the underlying principles that you're sort of like trying to explain. So it was pretty eye-opening but also <laughs> encouraging because it is about giving back and i also do a lot of mentoring and you know i try to answer the emails that come in from people yeah. that are like can i have a cup of coffee and uh, you know can can you give me 15 minutes and i try hard to do one of those a week or a couple of those a month um to people because mentorship is such a critical part of career development that you know, we got to be there. And if there's one thing that's been devastating from, from the, from the pandemic and, and remote work is that there's so many up and coming people within the industry that don't have as much exposure to more experienced and veteran participants. And, and that's where, you know, that's the biggest challenge that I've seen is in, in, in the last few years is, is the teams coming up or the teams coming in that are that are not getting that kind of exposure because so much learning is also just through osmosis and paying attention. Right. What about you, Mark? What's what's been your experience with the with the teaching, or you know, how did it come to be? And yeah, yeah. I mean, both my parents were teachers, um, and oh. I think I've always been naturally interested in doing that. Um, you know, I think the, you know the. The main impetus was having a kid and trying to make a little bit of extra money too, (laughs) which I quickly realized, hey, there's probably more efficient ways to do this um, because teaching is actually a lot of work. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like Zach said, it's a great it's a great opportunity to, um, you know, explore what it is that you do and, you know, unpack those things that uh, that you sort of do subconsciously. Um, Also, just a great way to sort of, you know you know, be in touch with a younger generation and see what they're interested in and how their brains work and the way that they, you know, consume media and what their hopes and dreams and aspirations are. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, again, just like thinking through like, okay, when I'm, you know, sitting down and trying to come up with an idea, um, what is it that's actually happening within my head? And, you know, when I'm managing a team and trying to, you know, get a project across the finish line, like, what are we doing to, um, you know, make that process work really efficiently? Um, and, you know, being able to explain that to a group of, you know, 18 year olds, you know, makes it even easier to explain it to, uh, hopefully easier to explain it to a group of, uh, you know, uh, early thirties professionals. Right. But, um, so I, I want to talk a, a little bit about, you know, something that you guys mentioned at the top of the, of the, uh, of the podcast here was just this idea of wearing a lot of hats, many different hats. Right. And, and again, you know, in in the world that we live in, right? Sometimes people don't want you to wear that many hats. What do you think the benefit of wearing, you know, the different hats and knowing all the different disciplines? What's the benefit of that for somebody that's coming up, you know, and thinking, well, you know, should I specialize? You know, that age old question: Should I just be specializing in this, yeah. or should I be, you know, doing multiple things, or you know, kind of in your point of view, what's the benefit of that? You know, a lot of our process is, is sort of working backwards um and you know so i think being able to to look at a problem and you know look at the desired deliverables or the desired um effects and looking at the resources that are available um you know really lets us come up with solutions that are achievable and are efficient and you know we don't really discount those uh you know as as you know creative requirements i think a lot of you know creatives want to um ideate in this environment where you know there are no real world you know repercussions or constraints and for us that's just never really felt like a useful exercise um so you know because we've actually made all of these things and produced them ourselves or been very hands-on, um, you know, it gives us a lot of context and sort of, you know, uh, goalposts that we can set for ourselves and, and make sure that we're, um, you know, again, doing things, you know, really efficiently and keeping the, the team on track and pointing things in a direction where we know we can be successful. Um, so I think that's really the, you know, 
you know, we, we, we want to set constraints for ourselves. You know, I think in some ways, like having, having really, you know, restrictive, um, uh, you know, box to work in, like, that's where the, the real creativity comes from. You know, we were never in a world where we could go out and just hire the best DP and get the fanciest cameras and get, you know, tons of lights just in case we need to use them. You know, we're always trying to figure out how do we do the most with like, you know, the least amount of resources possible. And again, I think that's where, you know, real creativity comes from. Also, Jaime, on your question that the, that while you are, while we are doing a, you know, a, a crazy breadth of stuff, also, it's always also about finding experts to execute different aspects of it. It's not like it's just everyone as a jack of all trades. You know, where there's still, you know, you're, whether it's whether it's the very beginning creative ideation and pulling in, you know, creative directors, you know, or it's, you know, as soon as you sit down and have a conversation with a, with a client and they're like we need to shoot sheet metal, they're like, "Okay, now we're talking about cars and we need to make sure that we've got people who have that experience, you know, and and on the team." And that's so it's not to say that everyone on the team is a jack of all trades but 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 on the tail of that you know going out and shooting running footage these days they're like oh we also need 30 things for social <laughs> so you're like okay so maybe that's not just that team that's out that day here's other ways that we could flip it or other things we can bring to the table or how we can integrate you know um a, additional team members who have different skill sets um to be a to be a creative solution because no longer is that deliverable just that one thirty second um you know set of beauty shots so it, it's sort right. of like you're having to bring a perspective to it even though there are you know specialists in the mix yeah, so would you say, and there's a couple of things I want to un unpack there because I love, you know, I'm a big fan of constraints, so I definitely want to come back and, and talk about that. But, you know, and what you were saying, Zach, it's almost like I've always thought the big idea is the important part, right? Like what what is the big idea? And then it starts to kind of get more towards the craft part of it, right? Because there's big ideas you can have a big idea and it sounds like you guys sort of that's that's your <clears throat> that's your strong suit right it's a big idea and then you bring in people that can help craft it right because it's one thing to have the idea and then another thing to actually make it is that accurate is it really about like you know thinking big and then figuring out okay who who are we going to bring in to help us make it yeah i mean Roughly. I mean, we, we still have a very integrated model. So, you know, we are not only coming up with that big idea, but we are managing the entire process right. of production all the way through post-production. Um, and, you know, and that is our, you know, sort of core area of, um, of, uh, of expertise. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, the, this latest evolution of our company has gone from like, Hey, we should just make something because we instinctively, you know, think it's cool and interesting and know it's something that people will want to watch to, um, you know, really starting to incorporate all of those things that can help support, like you're saying, a big idea. So working with strategists and doing research and doing focus groups, um, so that, you know, we can, you know, support, um, you know, ideas with evidence and research and, you know, prove to clients like, Hey, this is why this, you know, idea should be supported and should be invested in. Right. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely evolved. And, you know, I think we've, you know, neither of us are trained as, you know, artists or creative. So, you know, it's been kind of, uh, you know, learning, learning on the fly and, um, you know, starting to, um, you know, unpack, you know, those opportunities that we've had a chance to, to, you know, bring big creative ideas to the table and again, make that more of a, um, you know, a process that's replicable. Yeah. And so kind of coming back to, to this idea of constraints, right. Which I think a lot of people still don't, understand or, or embrace right that, that the idea of the more constraints you have the stronger the creative is going to be right because it's always been that idea of like you can do whatever you want the sky's the limit and it's like well that's actually a much harder in a way um even though people think it's easier but it's much harder and your ideas are, are less focused they're 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 not as strong right but 
you know, how, how did, you know, how did you guys, you know, come to embrace that kind of thinking around constraints? Yeah, it's just that, I mean, that's, I think the music video background and the, uh, and the independent film background. Um, and, you know, I think just, uh, you know, having those experiences early on in our career where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you got a crew of eight people and, um, you know, you're, you don't have access to this, like, you know, big fancy camera rig that you really need to, um, actually accomplish a shot that's in your head. So you have to come up with a different way to approach it or a different way around it. Um, and just loving that part of the process and that problem solving, um, experience, um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, yeah, I look back and like some of my favorite music videos are really like the, the simplest videos that, that, that are out there. Um, there's a video by this band, uh, Papas Fritas, uh, from, you know, the late nineties, Mike Mills made the video and it's, you know, the three singers from the band, they're in central park. They've all got like different colored jackets on and, you know, they just, had fun and, you know, figured out the, the, as many different ways as possible to come up with these interesting, dynamic, energetic frames. And like, they're all really fun, you know, bubbly people and the song is infectious and it just like really works. Yeah. So, you know, if he, if he can do that, like, you know, you can come up with a, uh, you know, way to approach any problem and still, still make it, make it fun and interesting, even if you don't have all the resources in the world. Yeah. And, and Zach is, you know, how do you kind of, you know, when, when you guys are talking to, let's say, a new client or, or, or an existing client about a new project, how do you kind of help them? Because a lot of times the clients are the ones that can't provide the constraints, right? So how do you guide them to be more like, yeah. oh, we, need, we need more, we need more, right? Because that, that could be hard, it, right? It, because, yeah. It, it is hard. And, 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 you know, and I think that it's, 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 it's almost back to what, what Mark said earlier, which is like, you got to put the first piece of the puzzle on the page and, and kind of encourage an answer to that, you know? So the, whether, you know, it's like, cool, here's the biggest ideas in the room. It's like, great, but let's, you know, let's go back to some of these cores. What's the messaging? What's the, you know, what's the desired outcome? You know, what's the, so that, you know, you're kind of having to go back and break it down into pieces. And when you're breaking it down into pieces, you're kind of forcing a conversation around that with the client. And then they can start to see, both the process as well as the pitfalls of, of the wide open, you know? So then you, you may get to a place where the, the pieces are now about budget schedule or, <laughs> you know, or, or, or availability of talent or sunshine or whatever they are. And then that helps us continue to funnel the conversation. And as we're, you know, as we're kind of like using our knowledge process to put it in front of the client, that's what really is driving that conversation, you know? And I think that, you know, whether that's, however many times we've done a documentary style shoot where they're like, and when do we cut to the product shot? And we're like, um, <laughs> that's funny thing about those product shots. That wasn't originally part of the conversation about this documentary style shoot, you know, right. or let's do a, you know, let's do an experiential activation and the, you know, we're going to go up and talk to people. And it's like, okay, have you ever just gone up to talk to somebody with a camera in your hand? Like, yeah, it can be done, but it doesn't always work the way you think it does from behind the camera, you know? So there's sort of, like let us tell you how we've seen it work and you know and i think that that starting to kind of break it down and show those pieces of the process and use those as 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 launch points for conversation is about how the you know that's what that conversation looks like and and the and the guardrails start to become evident and then you get into the holy triangle of you know good fast and cheap and or <laughs> or you know or whatever that version of that is that's like you know Celebrity, no celebrity, reality, no reality, animated, live action, you know, like all of those are all those are options when everything's on the table. But as you start to say, like, what are we what are we trying to accomplish here? It starts to become a little bit a little bit more clear. And, and that's a conversation. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Um, in terms of, you know, how does how does a strategy factor into all of this? Because, you know, in my experience, strategy's always been tough right for for me um i can probably count on p part of one hand <laughs> the, the 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 number of strategists that are like okay this person really really gets it uh, it's i think it's super important 
but I, I have found it hard to find really, really good strategy that just doesn't is it doesn't sound like a bunch of gibberish. So how does how do you guys feel about strategy? How does it factor into everything that you do? Yeah, we uh, you know yeah I, I think again resisted it for a very long time <laughs> you know mainly because we probably didn't have those experiences of working with really good strategists and you're like well we, we don't need that we have we have plenty of ideas and we know our ideas are good because you know we're creative people and you know, unfortunately it's not the way the the business world works um but you know i think for us it really like you know came into um it, it, it started clicking when we not only started using strategy, but also that research part of it and, you know, really trying to understand what the audience, uh, both wants from products and from their content experiences. Um, and even being able to be in the same room with members of that audience and work with strategists who can really pull key insights directly from them. Um, and, you know, the first time that we did a, a focus group, like, you know, my mind was like kind of blown and, you know, I walked out of that session being like, well, I've got 10 ideas now that I didn't have before. And not only are they really fun ideas that I would love to make, but they're ideas that I can bring to the client and say, Hey, like, you know, we should do this because our audience is telling us to do it. Um, so, you know, it's really become a, a, you know, invaluable part of the process and, you know, <laughs> to to be honest, a lot of times now, like we find ourselves having to try and sell that to clients and be like, "Hey, no, you should do this because it is effective and it will uh, um, and it will help generate better work." Um, so yeah, it was again really really eye opening process that you know glad we had a chance to just meet some really awesome strategists and awesome thinkers who um, you know helped help get us into that space. Yeah, do you have anything to add about that, Zach? No, just I think you know the other thing that that has been a, a a benefit there is that that remote work has really opened up the doors to a lot more opportunity where we could be working with a strategist from Canada or LA or San Francisco or New York or Paris or London on a project, and it doesn't require you know a local hire necessarily because so much of our all of what we do these days is distributed that that it's kind of you know it, it's opened it up wider to a wider wider breadth of talent and perspectives you know so that's been a benefit yeah so just you know even you describing that <clears throat> tell us a little bit more about about the model because it sounds like you have sort of a core group of people um that are on staff and are the you know for lack of a better phrase sort of the brain trust and then you're bringing in people to support or to help or <laughs> Is that is that the model, and and how did you guys you know land on that model? And uh, I imagine that kind of factors into this whole idea of being an agency uh, or a creative studio of the future. But tell us about sort of the model and how that works. Yeah, um, I mean it, it's it's always again just just uh, been born out of that necessity to to stay scrappy and stay nimble and um, you know sort of afford us the opportunity to you know pursue any type of creative project that that you know we're attracted to or that clients bring to our table and there's certainly been moments within our career where it's been like hey well do we are we going to take this opportunity and invest in uh you know animation or invest in ar and you know really build out a more substantial pipeline um and you know we've you know, always came back to the same decision well as soon as we do that we're kind of like pigeonholing ourselves and you know building a system that then we just need to feed that system with billing not you know go after the jobs that we find really satisfying um so it's always been the model again yeah like you said just to keep that core core team um which you know right now is a um you know creative staff of uh, uh about four people and then you know surround it with you know uh operations and production people who are really good at, at pulling the rest of those pieces together um maintaining a really consistent process um and uh and yeah, just keeping the train on the tracks. So yeah, right now we're only about 15 people full time and those numbers go up to, you know, anywhere from, you know, 25 to, you know, 50 people, depending on what projects we have working on. Yeah. And I got to imagine that's also attractive to clients, right? Because I think, you know, that, that 
especially I think after the pandemic, right? I think some 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 things were probably revealed in in sort of the traditional agency client model, right? Where they were like, and I've talked about this on the show before, but you know, it, it was kind of like revealed, like, huh? So we couldn't shoot anything, right? Because of COVID, but we were able to find some old footage we hadn't used, or we were able to find some. Uh, you know, found content or we were able to do stuff with animation and we did it in a fraction of the time for a fraction of the cost. Like, why are, why do we, why are we doing things? Like, why did things take a year and six months and why do we have 40 people on? I got to imagine that some of that stuff kind of came to the fore and, you know, uh, studios totally. like yours probably became a, more attractive because it's like, okay, we're not paying for all this overhead all the time, right? We're, we're, we're paying for, you know, yeah. a, a very tight core group um, that can do yeah. things very quickly and nimbly. Yeah, I think especially when you're on Zoom, it's very easy to count. Like, uh, how many people am I playing for right now? <laughs> um, so I think people have become, you know, very acutely aware of, you know, when they're trying to be sold something that they don't actually need. Um, and, you know, I think that's just been, you know, yeah, having those conversations and say, hey, like, we're we're flexible. Like we have no uh, ulterior motives outside of, you know, just trying to make the best work possible. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, the, these are the people who are going to be in charge and, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the rest of the pieces later once we know what we're doing. And it's a pretty different team when, I mean, we're doing two projects right now for a client where one of them is a hundred percent 2d animated, you know, like Saturday morning style cartoon. One of them is live action shooting in different cities around the country, same campaign, totally different crew, totally different, like, you know, skill sets from the producing all the way through creative direction happening, uh, you know, at the top level on the agency side, but that, you know, that ability to offer those, you know, that breadth of, of, creative storytelling and possibilities is is about being nimble and being able to pull from our creative community and kind of build the right team for the right project that's very cool yeah i i love that so in where do you you know what's next for uh ghost robot and, and like where, where do you guys you know what do you want to, what do you want to be doing more of or what do you see for the next five years or what's you know what's the big dream what's uh you know getting you up in the mornings it's a great that's a great question um you know i mean things uh you know we've we've started to move back a little bit towards our our roots and films zach's working on a feature documentary right now um you know and i think more and more we've been finding opportunities where you know those two sort of worlds um you know overlap and uh you know creating content that is more serialized or long form for clients um just recently did a podcast for uh a an advertising client um you know so i think you know continuing to push those two things ahead and and you know just finding um you know as many different ways to just you know explore storytelling as 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 we can um you know doing some a little bit more uh you know branding and brand strategy um and uh and yeah uh Zach's making a card game um so you know there's there's you know just finding those opportunities to be creative and you know know that we've got the the skill set and the infrastructure to back it up that's cool What's this card game you're working on? Can you share anything, or is it top secret? Uh, not, it's not top secret. There's, there's, uh, we had an awesome Kickstarter earlier in the year. It's a card game that I built with my, with that designed and, and created with with my daughter, and um, and it sort of goes back to that. Like we're constant, you know, we encourage everybody on the team to really, you know, embrace what their their own creative like drive and push. You never know when that's going to become right. a tool in the tool set. You know, like we've done made a graphic novel we used to have a gallery space in our old studio and would do a zine and you know one time sitting with a client we're like hey we do this zine we could do it for this brand activation it was and they're like that's amazing you know so you never know when it's going to overlap but the but the uh, card games are pretty fun sci-fi adventure games coming out in uh december january called space hoppers it's it's uh it's pretty fun but it was a you know it was an awesome insight into just another avenue of 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 storytelling production management and and everything else so yeah yeah what a what a fun Encur- uh, encourage creative exploration around the around the world <laughs> yeah no that's that's really cool i mean wh- what a fun uh and creative uh entity you guys have have built Congra- congratulations on that because i think 
um, you know, it's, I think it's rare. I mean, I, you know, I talked to a lot of folks and they're doing a lot of great work, but, you know, to, to, to be at a place where you can really sort of let your, your creative mind just go to a lot of different places and, and, you know, know that you can make it happen. Right. I mean, that's gotta be a lot of fun. So congratulations to you guys uh, on that. I, I, uh, wish you continued success and, you know, I look forward to seeing what you guys, uh, do next. And, you know, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. I think people are going to take a lot, uh, from the episode. So thanks a lot. Well, thank you. Awesome. It was really fun chatting. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. It was great. Great to be here and, and, and love listening to your, your, um, conversations with other creative directors. It's always, <laughs> always eye opening. So, uh, so good. keep up the good work, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And then thanks to you guys too, for, for what you're doing. Uh, I think we share that mission, right. Of, of sort of helping the next generation, um, you know, come up in a way that, uh, you know, that that's helping them become better at the, uh, at the role of, of creative directors and creatives and, you know, and, um, the count side even. Right. So thank you guys for being part of that. And, uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. We'll talk to you guys. Soon. You awesome. All right. Take thank care. You. All right. Bye. And that's going to do it for another episode of confessions of a creative director. Thanks to my very special guests, Mark DePace and Zach Mortensen of Ghost Robot. What a cool operation they got going on there. Man, it must be fun to be able to solve all those marketing challenges with uh, cool solutions like, uh, you know, video games and T-shirts and comic books and all kinds of stuff. So congrats to you guys on all your success. Hey, Bard people, I'd like you to invite you to become a supporter of this fine program you can do it in a couple of different ways check out my patreon page at patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director uh, you can sign up there and you'll receive some goodies along the way uh, summaries of the show i'm thinking of all kinds of other things maybe I'll, I'll clue you in on some of my drink recipes we're gonna have a lot of fun building it together so i invite you to become a paid supporter there you can pick up a copy of my book what's the big idea an indispensable guide to becoming a kick-ass uh creative director uh you can sign up for coaching uh as we come towards the end of the year now is the perfect time to get it set up for next year if you're going to be uh, maybe asking your boss uh, for a promotion now is the time to sign up for some coaching with yours truly jaimecabrerecreative.com and learn all about that. All right, folks. Uh, until next time, peace, love, and creativity. See ya. I don't want to tell you how to do your job But could you make the logo bigger Bigger, bigger, make it bigger